right out of the shoot, we want to get back to the downtown east side. Now, I know what you're saying. You're like, ah, you guys covered this top to bottom yesterday. Um, the question is, did we? And I'm not saying that about my own colleagues. I'm saying, did the media have enough access to a very pivotal moment on the downtown east side? That is one of the questions that we will ask our first guest of the afternoon. He is the president of the Canadian Association of Journalists, Brent Jolie, kind enough to uh, join me today. Brent, how are you? Hi, bro. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm okay. And uh, you know what? I was really proud of the work that our team did yesterday here on Global and with CKNW. Um, But there are people that are saying there were moments on the downtown east side that weren't covered. And I don't know if it had to do with just street cameras being unavailable for the first half hour of the push from the police or what have you. But what was your assessment overall of day one of the coverage? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think everybody did a great job and, and it was under um, unfortunate circumstances. You know, this is a real critical story of the public interest that I know a lot of people in across the country, not just in, in Vancouver, are really watching very carefully. Um, I think, you know, overshadowing some of the stories that were covered also, though, is, you know, the law enforcement and police response to journalists being there and trying to document what's going on and serve as independent witnesses and, uh, and, and you know, telling those stories. Uh, I think that that's been overshadowed in a lot of ways because for whatever reason, Vancouver PD decided to uh, obstruct many journalists and, and make it a, a very difficult situation. Okay, well, I wanna, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, and I'm glad that we're having this conversation because there's going to be some people out there saying, why do we need cameras in that moment? Why do we have to take the dignity, dignity away from these people who are losing their homes in real time? Like, not every media outlet's going to be able to, um, you know, distort faces so that we don't see their identity. So I guess maybe the question that I would have is walk me through the standard that the media should be held to when covering something of that nature. For sure. Well, I think, I mean, first of all, I think this is a this is a critical, we're at a critical point right now because we've seen a lot of these kind of incidences taking place, uh, you know, in Toronto, in Halifax, and now in Vancouver. And there's kind of a, a bit of a mission creep, if you will, on the part of law enforcement to, you know, sort of say that, you know, we're, we're preserving the privacy and safety of individuals who are, you know, being, like you say, having their, their lives torn apart. Um, I think, you know, journalists are, are pretty competent people. Um, they are able to discern, you know, what should be shown and what should not be. Um, and I think, you know, everybody operates under standards of ethics um, and, and guidelines that, you know, of course, you don't want to, you're, you're running into people on perhaps maybe the worst day of their life or one of the worst days of their lives. Um, and I think, you know, making a, making a scene out of them is, is hardly, uh, hardly the objective of any, any ethical journalist. So I think, you know, there needs to be a bit more of trust um, on the part of law enforcement placed in journalists that, you know, they have their job to do, which is to, you know, rightly or wrongly go about the actions that they've been asked to undertake. Um, but journalists also have a job to do and that they know how to how to do this stuff and shouldn't have to be um, encumbered in the way that they have been. You know, we have a sports team in this city, and I'm not going to name names. I think most who follow this show, this station, know who I'm talking about, that won't accredit journalists to cover that hockey team unless they're affiliated with an organization. For example, I'm affiliated with Chorus. So mm-hmm. I guess the question would be, 
if you are a, I guess, rogue journalist by trade, and I don't want to use blogger in that capacity, but if you're not affiliated with an organization, how do you imply those standards to make sure that everybody is ethically being held to that standard? Well, I think, I mean, I think, I think that's a good question. Absolutely. I think, you know, but at the same time, what we're looking at is, you know, journalism is a self-regulated profession. Um, you know, it's not like a doctor or a lawyer where there's a college of physicians or a bar association or anything like that. Um, and and there's a reason behind that. And it's because, you know, the issue of freedom of expression. Um, I think journalists are, are, you know, we need to have a sense of default to open. That doesn't mean everybody should be able to run roughshod over anything. But I am very careful around issues of restrictions and having, you know, whether it's a law enforcement, whether it's a sports team, whether it's, a, you know, a city hall determining who is a journalist and who isn't. Um, I think that's a very slippery slope once yes. we get into kind of debating that. Yeah, and and the debate is very intriguing to me because I've been on both sides of the equation. So I, I know what it's like to have that wall put up in front of me, and I also know what it's like to actually have this access where I'm quote-unquote taken a little more seriously because of the logo behind my shoulder. So uh, it's mm-hmm. an interesting conversation. Brent, hopefully we'll get to do more of this in the future, and I do thank you for your time this afternoon. Anytime, anytime. Happy to talk.